Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel America's number one sports book is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, 1123. Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Here again with Kyle Barber after day two of camp. Kyle, appreciate you sitting down with us, taking time off from late for work and your responsibilities with the Ravens to, to do this. Uh, how are you doing today? Doing really well. Camp was fun. Uh, I enjoyed the overcast instead of having sun barreling down on us with humidity that was already uh, present. So it was a nice day at camp. Yeah, really uh, great weather, frankly, for camp. Uh, Lamar Jackson missed practice uh, again, of course, and he won't be here for now, uh, we think, 10 days, right? Have we heard officially on that yet? Uh, yes, I've seen it floating around now that it has been confirmed 10 days of practice. All right. We have some other misses today. Anthony Averett uh, missed again. May still be the conditioning test for him. Is that that's what I heard originally? He has not passed that yet? Yeah, we talked about that yesterday that um, Harbaugh mentioned that it was the conditioning test and uh, I assume it's still the same case. I don't feel like Harbaugh would say the conditioning test and then Anthony's also dealing with an injury. So mm -hmm. yeah, he's got past that conditioning test. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's, uh, it's not a good look for twice in a row, that's for sure. Marcus Peters, uh, supposedly a toenail issue. He missed practice today, but he played well in the first uh, at practice. I thought that was uh, you know unfortunate, but uh, uh, Harbaugh also said he thought that'd be a one-day thing. Correct. He said it was a one-day issue, it was a toenail issue, and that sounds, uh, yikes, not so yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, ingrown. As long as it's not a, uh, you know, the kind of thing that Ogden had with, uh, what do you call it? Turf. Turf toe. Yeah, that uh, that can last a long time. Marquise Brown, uh, don't know if he left early from practice because I didn't actually see him do any reps, but I thought he was in uniform. Yeah, he was doing some reps, and then he left after. He was getting stretched out a little bit on the sidelines, and then he left practice. Uh, Harbaugh up at the podium said something along the lines that they just want to make sure the muscle health and wellness is there and that they don't want to they don't want to overuse him he said it was really precautionary he made it sound like they're they're kind of babying him just the same that you know i think uh i think the ravens are a little bit gun shy about uh, uh health of wide receivers especially oh, yeah. players that they've drafted since the uh, unfortunate series of events that unfolded with uh brashad perryman in that constant battle so i think they're super precautionary in this regard especially with yeah. Hollywood. Yeah, a legitimate point. And, and they've had also a run of hamstring injuries. Uh, so whenever you hear the word soft tissue, immediately think hamstring injury is likely the, the thing it is. But some sort of a muscular injury, almost always that. Uh, well, let's get to the players who actually were there uh, today and what you saw. Uh, why don't you start us off on our uh, ping pong battle here of uh, notes? 
All right, well, I'll start with the serve. And uh, one of the best uh, talk about for practice was the quarterback battle. I thought Trace McSorley played all right. Uh, he had some decent throws at times, uh, but he was definitely outdueled by Tyler Huntley or Snoop, as all the players call on him around the facility whenever we ask about the two quarterbacks that are out there on the field right now. Tyler Huntley had some incredible throws, dropped some dimes right in the bucket for Sammy Watkins, caught James Brochet deep in the end zone for a diving grab. I believe he's the one that uh, delivered the uh, 70-yard strike to Jalen Moore as well. He's looked really sharp out there the last two days in a row, and I think he is winning that quarterback battle right now. Yeah, one thing you really notice in camp is a flat trajectory on a throw at this point. Most of the throws are like practice quarterbacks. So they're dropped into the bucket at long range. And there are a lot of long throws still, but they're dropped in the bucket. You know, the defensive backs have rules of needing to stay off that. And, you know, they basically have to let the catch happen a lot of the time. This wasn't that. This was a thrown into bracketed coverage on a line by Huntley. Don't know if it was 70 yards, but it was certainly 50 plus. And, and it, it, a completely different trajectory coming out of his hand. Uh, a great catch there, I thought, on the other end by Jalen Moore as well. Uh, looked like Anthony Levine had a bead on it, and uh, and he was not there all of a sudden when the throw got there. So uh, uh, great pass, great catch. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, I, you'd see Levine, all of a sudden he turned his hips and switched into position. I was like, oh, he has the interception here. He has it red. And then it just kind of felt like a, a mile high miracle all of a sudden. He loses it, and uh, instead the uh, the Ravens <laughs> offense scores a touchdown instead of Raheem Moore making any kind of a save or deflected pass. Levine looked the same way. He looked a little lost out there. That was an interesting play at the end. Yeah, it's it's not Levine's natural spot on the field to be defending. Yeah, Levine hasn't played the back end for the Ravens in a, in a long time on any kind of consistent basis. Yeah. <laughs> He's been a dime back. So no doubt. Uh, uh, all right, well, I'll, I think my big takeaway from today from a um, any kind of angle was Rob Ryan and the amount of one-on-one -on -one coaching he did on Patrick Queen. Uh, had at least one entire period where he spent the entire 10-minute segment alone with Queen. That's very unusual for practice. Players go with their positional groups. They do their own drills. But he just took uh, you know, 10 minutes, 10 full minutes to talk to Queen. It was obviously about coverage responsibilities from the demonstration. At one point, I could kind of hear him say, this towel is the tight end. You know, he's, There's no doubt about what he's trying to explain to him. Uh, very demonstrative. He moved around a lot to do it. Queen seemed to be focused in, not, not yeah, whatever kind of thing, which you, you would really hate to see at this point. Uh, it was exactly the kind of direct technical coaching that Queen missed as a rookie, I believe, and that he really needs, I think, to, to look forward to a, a breakout season this year. And I think we've seen it yesterday in the wide receivers with uh, both Martin and Williams really showing that direct focus. And, and then today with Ryan on Queen, I thought was terrific. I agree with you. Uh, you and I were standing next to each other throughout today's practice and you kind of pointed that out to me. And I thought that was well you make some great points. This is the exact style of coaching that Queen and Bleak Harrison, two rookies that came in last year, they needed that kind of guidance. They needed some opportunities there to to grow, and they and they don't have all the answers, and the coaches do. So you got to be able to have that kind of affordability, and uh, it's awesome to see this happening. And I'm gonna kind of latch on to your explanation there, and I'm gonna pick for my next uh, big notable uh, participation in practice was. Uh, Keith Williams is coaching today. They had the soccer balls out there. You know, the big talk of the day was soccer balls. Uh, but he was also 
setting up the cones. He was setting them up for quite a few minutes as he was preparing for the next practice, the next drill, the stop and go drills. On one side, they're catching footballs. On the other, they were catching soccer balls and running through the drills. And he was going through them once he was setting everything out. Like he was running through the drill himself. He was like okay, mm -hmm. pointing through it. He's thinking things through. He was muttering to himself, trying to get stuff set, uh, you know, set up for, uh, excuse me, success. I was really impressed with that. And uh, I think, no, I don't want to ever sound like I'm I'm talking down about previous coaches and such, but just seeing the the upgrades uh, in person and watching new unique drills come into play, uh, whether or not it's just for show or not, obviously it's not going to be for show. They're going to do everything for purpose, but it just feels awesome to see, and, and it's exciting to watch these players and, and the methods that uh, uh, Keith Williams and, and T. Martin are performing here. Now, this is something where I think a young coach is usually more relatable. And I'm going to give people an analogy they can really understand, I think, from the business world. If you work in any kind of a technical profession that has systems that are at the heart of what you do, actuarial work very much like that, but any, any accounting, uh, any kind of engineering where you use particular software, whatever, almost everybody starts out as a coding jock in the software you use. And then they grow into management responsibilities where they're, in, they're responsible for, for managing people to, to, to achieve a broader goal and whatnot. And the people who are just transitioning from that are often some of the most effective in imparting knowledge, this new manager level uh, uh, of people. Williams kind of has that, I think. It's not like he hasn't been coaching for a while, but but he's he's he really is very specific and very technical, and I love that about him. I love what I've seen so far. Completely agree. He's going to be at the podium tomorrow, actually, I saw. So oh, cool. we'll be able to hear even more from him. Um, and I, I know that that one's going to be a long questionnaire from the, uh, the public because everybody's curious to know just about what he's going to be bringing, you know, all throughout the rest of training camp and into the season. All right. I'm going to talk about another player who it might be too late for coaching at this point. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Andre Smith, and I really meant to bring him up yesterday because he didn't have a good day. He got beaten by Tyus Bowser on consecutive reps. He did not look good. Uh, he's getting time with the ones right now. So he's getting a chance. Uh, the Ravens may be thinking he's the best alternative uh, at tackle if they're short a tackle with Ronnie Stanley out at the beginning of the year. And, and uh, to me, he's looked very slow. He looks overweight. Um, and, and this has been a problem with him in the past. He's been fighting it all the way back to uh, hard knocks, right? When he was with the Bengals. I believe that, so, yeah. Uh, looking on that. Um, he, he's, uh, he's getting a chance to play on the left side. Um, really did not look good on today. There was pressure on a play, and I didn't exactly see how the pressure developed, but what I did see was after the play, Dallas Sanders calling out Smith and having a 15-20 you know, second discussion with him. It's not the kind of thing uh, that you want to see for a veteran player. Yeah, completely agree. If you see the young guys out there, it's because they want to, they're like, hey, this is what you've missed. Um, here's how you can correct the issue. With with veteran guys, it's almost like you should have known this by now. You should understand these concepts by now. <coughs> and uh, overall, that's just the uh, the issue for Andre Smith. Hopefully, uh, he can get these things corrected because he is certainly fighting for a, a spot on this roster. He has an opportunity to make it. He really does. And uh, if he can correct these issues quick enough, if he can come out here and, and string together and quote to quote John Harbaugh, stack these practices, you know, he has a shot at doing so, especially with some preseason games right now. 
As for the uh, the next pick, uh, I'm going to go with offensive line as well. Yesterday we talked about how Bradley Bozeman had a couple of bad snaps. Two of them sailed over the heads of uh, quarterbacks. A third one was really high as well. Today, zero snaps, uh, from what I saw, went high. Zero bad snaps as a whole. And I wanted to take note of that as well as when things are bad because it's uh, it's frustrating when we only know all the bad stuff with centers sure. and, and only bad misplays from centers. But I want to be able to note the good stuff too and seeing Bozeman not have any bad snaps today, uh, corrected the issue, didn't have the glove, I don't believe, and uh, hand placement's more secure and uh, performed well. Yeah, you know, there's two things I really like about that. One is that Bradley Bozeman, there's a reason for the correction. So if he went from glove to no glove and that seems to be working, great. That, that's that's what I want. really want to hear. This, the second thing about this is that, yeah, I know we only hear about the bad news and you have two bad snaps in a day and you are expected to have some bad snaps. But let's say expected bad snaps is about 0. 0.6 yeah. and you get two in a day. Obviously, you know, that's going to be the preponderance of discussion because you're not going to be that excited about zero bad snaps in a day. But it's yeah. great. Anyway, see a clean day after a, a tough day like yesterday. Absolutely. What do you got for me, Ken? I, I got Chris Westry, an enormous cornerback at 6'4". Uh, played a little bit for Dallas. Position was kind of a question, I think, whether he might play safety or corner, but he's out there playing corner for the Ravens. Uh, had the first interception by anybody in camp uh, on a deep throw from Huntley on the right side. Uh, he was actually kind of behind the receiver, kind of looked like he became the receiver on the route, if you, you see that occasionally. He had another uh, pass defense in coverage of Jalen Moore on the left side. I, I thought... Uh, Look terrific, uses his size uh, particularly well, uh, isn't afraid to mix it up after the catch is made, meaning like go for the uh, clubbing hand a la Marlon Humphrey to try and dislodge that football, whether it's a PD or a, a fumble that might result. Yeah, Westry looked excellent out there. He's uh, His practice today was exactly something you want out of a player like him fighting for a spot on an already stacked uh, roster or depth at secondary right that he, he i'm curious to see where they actually really want him corner or safety or if they have him in a hybrid dime look as well like mm-hmm. he has he has opportunity he's not like a big strong guy i don't believe but you know if uh if he needs to be a coverage guy specific to maybe a pass catching tight end maybe he can run in that role you know that's something similar to jimmy smith um speaking of jimmy smith my next pick is actually the jimmy smith and sammy watkins battle that happened in training mm-hmm. camp today i thought that was the most entertaining part of practice was watching those two against each other they're both physical they're both the quote-unquote prototypical style of corner and receiver that you want on every single roster big strong physical plays at the point of attack and high point balls and also make big plays and is consistently solid in coverage they're not gamblers on either end of that so watching Jimmy and him battle, and they both were at the podium today and seeing them afterwards, Jimmy said they were some fun battles, and, and Sammy Watkins is working really hard, and uh, he got to the best, he got the better of Jimmy at one point, which is always a, a pretty big feat, I believe, because uh, while Jimmy isn't the most hardcore practicer on this roster, as we know, Marlon Humphrey is an incredible person. Like mm-hmm. He takes every rep so seriously, and Jimmy Smith throughout uh, his career has uh, he understands, you know, in his 10th plus year, I believe it's yeah, 11 now, um, he's not exactly grinding super hard to be the greatest ever anymore pacing but he's still working himself. incredibly hard yeah he's yeah. pacing himself and, and that's also partially because of, of health concerns as he had throughout his entire career but watching him battle against Watkins there's the, the tempo's turned up a little bit you can tell when he's covering against one of these starters versus when he's covering against somebody else it's been exciting to watch 
Yeah, it, it, it has been fun to watch. Uh, uh, Nigel Warrior also had good battles with Sammy. Um, he got beat a couple times. He had, first of all, Warrior had a pass defense in coverage of Watkins. Very next play, Watkins beat Warrior over the top for a long <laughs> day. Watkins beat him on another 11-11 bomb on the left side. Uh, but then Warrior came back, and, and this is something I'm, I'm really happy to see from him. He had a pass defense versus a, a tight end 84 over the middle. So that's Oliver. That, I think, will end up being Warriors' role. A lot of guys are getting time at corner with some injuries, Averitt and, and Peters missing. But but I think Warrior probably – he was a safety listed on the roster last year. I think that's probably where he is next year or, or in uh, 2021. And, and a dime back really would be the sensible role. Those responsibilities obviously mean you got to understand the bunch formations and a lot of the things that, that a tight end would come off of and you often would end up in man coverage, or a, t- a crossing tight end or a, a, a tight end in the middle of the field. So I, I, I like that even more than I w- was bothered by the fact that he's beaten a couple times by a wide receiver on the outside. Yeah, and it's also up against Sammy Watkins. And, and like sure. I said, he was battling against Jimmy Smith and winning against Jimmy Smith. So Nigel Warrior is going up against a, a, a true adversary when it's at Sammy Watkins mm-hmm. on there. Um, for my other ones here, I did have written down that uh, it was I, I saw after the first set of 11, uh, Starters were coming off the field and instantly getting tablets to see the plays that they had just mm. practiced. I had noticed that they had brought this card out, and I was I was like, "Why is why is J.K. Dobbins holding like a pamphlet?" Is what it looked like at the original part. And then Villanueva was like leaned over uh, this little rollout cart that I noticed, and I was like, "Is he hurt? Are they fixing his helmet? What's mm-hmm. going on here?" And then I saw behind him is Bradley Bozeman, and all three of them are looking at tablets and getting markings on it and noticing different stuff. So they were instantly watching the plays that they had formed, and I thought that was a really unique thing that I've definitely not seen before. They, they're, the Ravens are very much interested in the next level of technology, anything to get an edge. You know, the NFL is is now this battle of uh, of not even inches, millimeters at this point, and trying to get a, an extra step over your opponent. And uh, watching them go after something like that, and reading the tablets, just trying to find little small keynotes from veterans like Villanueva to the young guys like Bozeman and J.K. Dobbins I thought was really interesting and something to note. Yeah, that's very impressive, and, and I'm glad to see the Ravens are, are continuing to push the edge on things like that. Those surface tablets on the sidelines, I guess we've seen them for several years now, and I couldn't tell you whether it's two or four, but they've the, you know the quarterbacks, for instance, have been looking at those after the after the plays, but to have them all out for a practice, that's really something, uh, something pretty cool. Um, my next guy is Adafi Away. Um, definitely had a play or two against Alejandro Villanueva, but I thought, including a good spin move, but I thought for the most of practice, Away really struggled with Villanueva's length. And there's something about that that's kind of bothering me. And it's not some of the problems we knew that OA had, the upright play and the kind of being slow out of his stance. But here's the thing. You've got a lot of brother-in-law play that is dictated by the type of situation you're in. For instance, in the two-minute drill, they hardly rush the quarterback. They, they basically just kind of put their hands up and then stop and then allow, the, allow them to you know, make their throw. And most of it's about the offense running to the spot and, and, and getting set again. But in this case, um, OA has an opportunity 
opportunity against a live opponent to work on first contact uh, opportunities. And he needs to figure out how to get long. He's, he's 34 and a half inch arms. He should be getting to the body of longer players like Villanueva and being able to dictate first contact by using a side a, a sideways angle on him. And he's got to figure out how to get these make these live reps mean something. And, and even when they're in brother-in-law play, I think it's possible to do that. I think that's fair. Um, I'm happy that you did note that, like, when when they're out there, they're not even in shells. They're just in helmets right, right now. So uh, I don't, it, it, and I know you're not taking those too seriously, but it is mm-hmm. something noteworthy, and I think that's fair for you to, to make a point about. Um, OA certainly needs to uh, work on some things. Uh, we knew that going in, but yes, this is something that he should already kind of have some talent in and skill in, or, or proficiency in. And uh, to not have him performing up to uh, expectations in that regard is a little bit uh, worrisome. But maybe even the brother-in-law play, like you, like you're uh, coining it. I think they might be taking that a little bit too seriously, or not, well, uh, utilizing that too much as a as a crutch. And I think once the pads come on, things become such a different game out there. Um, I try not to put too much stock. I was saying this on social media earlier this afternoon that. I really try not to put too much stock on running backs, offensive line, defensive line, and linebackers until yeah. live play in preseason. I know everybody has that vision as well, but I just want to remind everybody of that, that it's really tough to gauge how talented the blocking team is, the defense as a whole outside of coverage units, and the running backs are, just because they like their jobs are so much more physical and important mm-hmm. at the point of attack than other other positions like cornerback they attack the passing but they're not up against you know uh other other players trying to rush the passer or try to get through an offensive line of 300 pounds six foot four men there's a difference there and uh i i'm I'm gonna be watching a lot of them once preseason hits i'm gonna really try to focus on offensive and defensive line play once preseason hits as opposed to really staring at the wide receivers like we all love to do when the passing plays get going (laughs) All right. Uh, did you have another topic? I have some more, a couple more things here. I want to hear one more from you. Go for it. Okay, great. I, the two best catches of the day, I thought Jalen Moore, uh, that flat trajectory 50-plus yard pass from Huntley uh, was terrific. But also James Prochet made a diving grab uh, that was over Ardarius Washington in the end zone. I, that was a, in a two-minute drill. I think you, you spoke briefly about the play earlier, but uh, Prochet has looked pretty good in camp so far, I think. Uh, I think he's been a guy who has improved his stock over these two days. Definitely agree with you there. Uh, a lot of people are talking about the battle for the last wide receiver positions on the depth chart. And Prochet looks like the most improved player of the group, at least in that position, if not on the entire offense. He looks really good out there, and he's been performing really well. Like you mentioned, made that diving grab. It was against Ardarius Washington. And it wasn't like he was diving for effect, like some players have. Uh, I've definitely seen that happen in the past. But this was him stretching out, elevating, and, and getting up for the ball and securing six points for uh, the, the offense in a two-minute drill, too, which was really important. It's critically important, getting six instead of, uh, instead of three. And uh, I was really impressed by that. I, I like that play, and I like what I've seen that approach. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if, if you don't have anything, I'll go to the crowd. Who's and ahs of the day. Anything, anything more on your list? Go for it. 
good. Okay. So a few things. It was a wheel route to Patrick Ricard that just missed that, that uh, definitely got some a large ooze. Patrick Ricard runs really one route, which is <laughs> an out route. <laughs> and he can, if he turns it upfield, as we've seen in that Tennessee game in particular, he can be very effective. But uh, that was an interesting one. That was against Tyus Bowser, too. That's what I noted on that play, is that he was going up against Tyus Bowser, who is known infamously at this point as the best coverage outside linebacker in the NFL. And Bowser's performed really well, so not so to watch him beat Bowser and then drop that pass along the sideline was really aggravating for me, because he'd finally, you know, you got the best of that guy. You got to make the most of it. Come on. Come on, Pat. <laughs> no, we had the, the fake field goal to Calais Campbell uh, was a funny moment there. I don't think we're giving anything away in this kind of thing with that kind of a play, but we certainly won't describe it. Uh, we had a near interception by Humphrey on a route undercut on the, on the opposite side of the field for me. I guess it would be the right side. So uh, it, that was just an impressive undercut of a route. And, you know, you mentioned earlier Humphrey was really playing all out all the time. Absolutely. Uh, something that I always... Uh, see with Humphrey. It feels like he's always playing with his fists clenched because he's ready to punch out the ball at any moment. And this is more a joke than anything. But like, mm -hmm. he, it's really hard to catch that football when you got two clubs for hands, Marlon. So maybe you're gonna have to open up those fingers and catch a few soccer balls before because uh, that dropped interception. Uh, you know, you, you made the most with a PBU, but I know he wants those ints. <laughs> Okay. Uh, certain players, and I think we've got the new one here, Terrell Suggs, there always had to be something for him at practice. A guy who knew the game of football too well, and, and it was really practice. I, I think he liked being at camp. I don't think he liked the practice part specifically of being at camp. He liked to drive in on the golf cart. He liked to tell jokes, and you always knew where he was on the field at any given time. Three practice fields, Wong. You know, it's not one football field, it's three, and, and you could always tell where Terrell Suggs is because he's always saying something. Brandon Williams is now kind of the new guy, and he was doing a lot of his uh, walking on his hands today, doing cartwheels, which are not as impressive. For a man his size to walk on his hands is just still boggles the mind for me. Yeah, absolutely. And that was part of his draft profile way back in 2013. They were showing videos of him walking on his hands. So the big man is still doing it years oh. later. Super fun to watch. Yeah, that is, uh, and it's very surprising he'd still be doing that as a vet. Last thing was Justin Tucker made his three longest field goal attempts from 44, 47, and 52 yards. He probably made all of his attempts, but he also had the quote of the day, uh, and this is a, a man bites dog thing when he said that uh, about of Jonas Schaefer, the son, that Jonas has work, is working on that pandemic beard. That thing is fierce. So uh, <laughs> if you've seen Jonas Schaefer lately, you know, uh, he hasn't seen a razor in a while or uh, hasn't done, hasn't picked one up anyway yeah he's got a nice red beard going uh looking looking strong in the facial hair game meanwhile i'm out exactly yeah, i'm out here battling trying to connect a goatee right now and and jonas <laughs> he could loan me a couple of those uh you know uh, mustache hairs and goatee hairs that'd be great i'd look a little patchy and discolored but you know i need a little help jonas help me out <laughs> All right, Kyle, really appreciate having you on again, buddy. This is another great time. We'll try and do this as often as we can during camp, and we'll talk to you next time See on Film Study. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. 
And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.